Yo, mic check, one, two. One, two. I feel like that's just some cool shit to say. Uh, <laughs> hi. Um, if you Mic check. Mic check. Hi, everybody. My name is Chris Blunt, and uh, welcome to Chris Talks, a brand new podcast. Uh, I thought, like, I'll give you a little background. I am a hip-hop artist. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a boyfriend sometimes. Um, I am a... I am a hard worker. I do a lot. You know, I, I'm in a band, a illustrious band. I also host another podcast called Profoundly Ignorant. But I just wanted to give everybody a glimpse into um, who I am and also, more importantly, who my surroundings are. Um, I am a big proponent of conversation. Um, I think that one of the lost things that we do not have as much now is, like, those good one-on-ones. I have a... Um, I have what's... Like a like a kind of like an odd rule when it comes to me and friendships, which is if we never had a one on one, we're probably not friends. You know, it's it's a little weird, and some would say harsh, but I value conversation. I value getting to know people, so I wanted to start a podcast in which I have these one on one conversations with friends. Um, some sometimes it comes off as like interviews and in depth interviews. Sometimes it's just me joking around with people. Uh, but I hope you all enjoy what you hear. Uh, so this is the first first podcast, first episode. And um, I'm putting a, a certain friend of mine on the spot because it is so rare that I get a chance to talk to him. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce you. And let me let me just start off by saying that, um, you know, I'm very grateful for him to be here uh, before before I, I get started on him. Uh, we got uh, my man Hayes. Who's doing the engineering in here? Say what up, Hayes. Mike check one two one two. Yeah, Hayes doesn't do much talking, guys, and so um, he's gonna he's gonna um, pretty much be holding the boards down while uh, while I do my thing. It ends. But uh, back to back to my very special guest. Um, I have a friend of mine. Like uh, I met him about like almost two years ago. We became Facebook Facebook friends like two years ago today. As a matter of fact, which is funny, but I met I met him before the Facebook friend, obviously, um, and he is an accomplished um, studio engineer. He actually is very he's a very inaugural part to the uh, a very important part to the so the local hip hop scene. I'm, I'm sorry, local music scene. God, local music scene in Seattle. Uh, he's the owner of Earwig Studios. Uh, He's an all-around great guy, man. So we're going to get to know him today. His name's Don Farwell, man. Don Farwell. How are you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm uh, uh, honored to be your first guest. I kind of had no idea that that uh, was uh, what was happening. Yeah, and, man. I'm ambushing people now, man. I'm well, I came, down, <laughs> I came down here tonight. I, I really wanted to, you know, I don't get that much time off from the studio. Yeah. And I've been meaning to come down and, and see your new space, which is awesome. Thank you very much, man. For um for those who are listening, I recently uh decided to uh start a business and uh we started on purpose studios, um, uh, in which I'm in the process of building right now. Right now, it looks like hopes and dreams. You know, <laughs> it looks like a lot of like, all right, these are cool ideas. But what the fuck are you actually doing? You know, uh, but it's, it's dope. I like my little spot. Well, the layout of the space is it reminds me a lot of of the first uh, the first spot we were in. Yeah, because you've only seen 
the second, you know, like Earwig now is is such a great legacy studio that's been it's been yeah. a studio since the seventies, been various different things, and Man, we gorgeous. got to take yeah, and we got to take over this gorgeous new space. But we started in a very small uh, studio that had a, a kind of a similar footprint, so I know how much work is ahead of you. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. I'm re- I'm ready for it um, myself. James and Hayes are definitely looking forward to like building the studio and um, actually. You know, helping out the culture of the city of Tacoma mm-hmm. um, and everything. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And then then also just like being creative. Like I love being in the creative space. I think that's a big thing, man. So uh, without further ado, because a lot of people don't know, even even listeners who are in the the music scene in Seattle, um, they may not know that much about you or whatnot. But like, can you give us a little background on how you started or oh, whatnot? Yeah. Because you are for me. I feel like you're like goals right now. Like you're Obi Wan Kenobi, and I'm just a young Luke, young scared Luke who just picked up a lightsaber. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you, you like, yo, man, I've been doing this. Like, I'm on hologram status right now. Well, that you might know? be that might be true from a recording yeah, en- engineer yeah. standpoint. I'm not an engineer. I have friends who do that. Like, I was just, <laughs> I'm just an idea guy. And um, but man, you, I've seen you do it all. Well, I've seen you do it all. I, uh, just a little bit about myself. I, I was born and raised in this area. You know, I was born in Seattle, uh, grew up on Vashon Island, uh, mm. which is a whole other story. But um, I, I went to school for recording. I actually ended up, I started at Shoreline Community College. They had an audio program up there. Okay. Then I found out about Evergreen down in Olympia. Nice. And so I I took their audio program down there, and I graduated from Evergreen in about... Uh, in 95 and I happened to be taking classes with this this other kid who yeah. his parents owned Bear Creek Studio so okay. at the end, so at the end of the program I was starting to sweat because I was like oh, I'm about to graduate with a recording degree of you know yeah how am I gonna make ends meet <laughs> and so um this 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 guy his name is Ryan Hadlock he basically yeah. told the class hey my 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 folks have the studio and we need you know an assistant Word. And I jumped at the chance, and so I show up at this place, and it's incredible. It's it's way out in the in the boonies, yeah, uh, in Woodenville, but uh, it's a place where I got so much experience. Mm-hmm. And like three months after I started there, their old studio manager quit, and it's kind of like a mom and pop place yeah. essentially. There's, uh, and they just turned to me and said, "You want the gig?" And so I got a, a paying like studio gig like right out of school, Word. which is unheard of. I mean, I didn't make much money, but still, but like that's still a something. fucking awesome opportunity. So that was back. Definitely. I worked there from like ninety five to ninety eight, and yeah. got to see a lot of like big names and uh, great producers come through. So I, I learned a ton. Nice. But I also saw what it actually takes to be like a successful like recording engineer. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, I didn't want that life. Yeah. At that time, I wanted to play more music. So I. I quit um, Bear Creek and I was playing in bands and recording mm-hmm. records in basements and practice spaces for the next 10 years before I came back to it. Okay. So like in 2010, I started uh, Earwig Studio with uh, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. my business partner, Eric Bott. He and I had been talking about it for years and years. Yeah. And so we, we started this small studio in Georgetown. Uh, it was on the second floor. Uh, people hate it. You had to load your equipment in on a flight of steps that was steep. Shit. And uh, uh, it was on the second <laughs> like, floor above a marijuana dispensary. So yeah. it always smelled good. 
<laughs> there was no end of comments about the smell, and the, yeah. it was very fragrant. But that's as, it. So that, and we artists, opened in 2010. No issue with it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was exactly. very artist friendly environment. Yeah. Yeah. But so from 2010, uh, we were there. Well, you know, so what is it? 2018. We've been open eight years. Wow. And I've just, you know, I wow. think I take I take one day off a week, and I'm yeah. recording almost every day. That's, so that's yeah. Like that is a um. That's quite the journey, man. Like, is that uh, one in hand, a nutshell? Yeah, in one one nutshell. Like, I feel like. You you started off like very humble beginnings as far as like you know your come up and things like that and then to be put in that situation and then have to start your own business as we say in the south like you got it from the mud mm. and got a chance to build your own own platform yeah. I think that's that's super impressive like at what point I now I know you said you worked um you kept your nine to five mostly throughout the time how long did you work your nine to five before you were able to quit Well I. When we started the first earwig, uh, it took us about a year and a half to to build that place out. Word, and that was like so. I had a full time job. My wife had uh, was pregnant. Yeah, and so I would come down to the studio. I would come down to the studio like literally at about three in the morning, and I would do like a few hours of work, rush home, take a shower, and go to my nine to five. Come home. I mean, it was. I would just have to find bits and pieces of time to to get all the work done, and I had lots of help. But I did a lot of the work myself, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it just took us about a year and a half to kind of get the place up and running. And uh, when I when we got it up and running, we had put all this time and money into it. Mm-hmm. And I called my business partner up. My son had my son was only like six months old. Yeah, and I had a now or never moment. I I, I called my business partner up and I and I said I'm thinking of quitting my job and just doing this full time. Yeah, and I had no business doing it full time. I didn't have clients. Yeah, it was just a feeling of like I know if I don't just sink myself into this, mm. it's not going to happen. One of the things that, um, and I hear this a lot with with successful people, especially business owners. Do you recommend like, because I run into this issue myself? Like I have a nine to five, and lately, this this project has been taking up majority of my dreams and time. Mm-hmm. And while I love it, I realize how much energy I put into it yeah. to where my nine to five feels like a distraction, but it also pays the bills. Like right. it has the better, um, the better view is when it comes to like, it's the better look when it comes to like, you know, um, medical expenses, things like that, you know, insurance or whatnot. And part of me is thinking about doing the jump because I feel like at some point we have to have faith in ourselves and our dream, you yeah. know, especially in ideas did you ever feel that pressure? Like, all right, like huge pressure. Yeah, because it's like you got you got a family. Yeah, and you know I what I'm I had moments I had moments, and this is before I had quit my job. Yeah, this is just where because I, uh, I was telling you before that like I took this the space and we ripped all the walls down and we rebuilt the outer walls and the inner walls and we we that's why it took a year and a half. Yeah, but I had moments where we'd ripped it all out of 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 ultimate self doubt. Where I was yeah. sitting just like on the verge of tears thinking like, what what have I done? And this is before yeah. I even quit my job. I was just like, this is the stupidest thing I think mm-hmm. I've ever done. Like literally like the dumbest thing I think I've starting yeah. ever. This is 2008, like when the, the economy's in the toilet. Yeah. Nobody has any money to spend on recording. And you're thinking, who the fuck is going to come through here? And and yeah. so it was a foolish thing to do. But mm. like like you said, like 
I think you just have a moment where you're like, you you have all these thoughts and it's taking mm-hmm. up all your time and you wonder like, well, if do I jump into this or not? Yeah. And, and I think you just have to, it's timing, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't do it right away. It was yeah. after I kind of built, we built the studio out, mm-hmm. started getting up and running. And so I think you just know when the moment yeah. is right. I feel I feel that way. I feel yeah. the way. Like I'm not ready to all those who are listening. I am not ready to quit my job yet. But this is a fantastic yeah. space. It's a good spot, but it's like I'm not ready just yet. I feel like there'll come a time when I'll be like, all right, now I want to dedicate majority of my time to administrative work, yeah. making sure that everything is going well, management, things like that. Well, the reality love, is, is that music. the money is tough. Yes. Like the first couple years, and just like in general. Yeah. I mean, I have to work all the time. Yeah. Just to kind of keep the ship afloat. Mm-hmm. You know? And things are better, way better than they used to be. Yeah. But those first few years. How did you end up, um, like, you ended up crafting somewhat, I would like to say, a signature sound when it comes to your recordings from your studio. Mm. Is that something that was intentionally crafted, or was it something that it was just you kind of learned along the way? I think I learned along the way. I think I I never intentionally created a sound for myself. Mm -hmm. But now that I've done enough records, you're right. I mean, like, if you listen to enough of my work, you can... Yeah. There's a there's kind of a thing. Yeah, it is. It's pretty but dope. I don't think that's really that intentional. Yeah. I, because I do record uh, recordings from a standpoint of just like intuition. Mm-hmm. Like if it just, if I, I think of it like this is not hitting my ears right. Okay. And I'm going to twiddle knobs until it's hit my ears right. Yeah. And then I'll move on. So that's kind of the way I approach all engineering. Mm-hmm. I don't have that specific of like uh, uh, an end point. I just keep fiddling and fiddling until yeah. it sounds good to me. Got you. Got you. I, that comes with time. Yeah. Yeah. Every studio got their own specific sound to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like that. I definitely want to have like a very like, you know, I'm looking forward to see what sound comes out of this building. Out you of know you. Yeah. Of, out of me. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, I, I think as a um artist as well, I haven't, I haven't really put myself first on that end. I'm just really about building the craft and building, building what we have here so that other people could express themselves. Another thing I've always wanted to do was give back. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know that you, in your own ways, you give back. Anyways, like how how have you how have you worked that out? Like as far as like being a business owner and knowing that you know other studios and people look up to you. Like, do you do anything like give giving back in the system? Uh, I think that plays out for me a lot in the way that I um, take on assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, assistant engineers, yeah. uh, interns uh, are are often like very mistreated group yeah. of people, yeah. and I've always tried to uh, go out of my way mm-hmm. to to teach people, to mentor people. Yeah. I'm a very firm believer in a in a kind of mentorship role in the studio, and so like I would you know number one like yes, if someone's going to be an intern at the studio, they're going to be cleaning toilets and doing all kinds of like unsavory yeah. cleaning business. But it's nothing that I have personally done like a thousand times. Yeah, and I also go out of my way to like kind of teach people how to do things, you know. And yeah. I I don't think that's necessarily true of a lot of recording studios. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily believe in this kind of notion of like you gotta, um, what's the term? Pay your dues and. Get it how I live. I mean, I, I, I think yeah. that you do have to pay your dues, but but uh-huh. if someone's going to be an uh, an assistant at at my studio, mm-hmm. I'm going to teach them. 
okay things and and if they're willing to like kind of put a lot into it yeah. i'm going to give them as much as possible Which and is- i and i share all my secrets you know like i i'm not precious about like you know you can only know so much like i just show them absolutely everything that i know Definitely. And, and i so i think that answers your question maybe no 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 that was great that yeah. was great man um <laughs> this is awesome uh man i feel like there's so much that I really want to ask you, and I'm trying to figure out, like, where do I really start to get, like, down to the nitty-gritty? Uh, first things first, let's talk about, like, how we met. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how we met. What's the good... I love... All right, so one of the things I like I to love ask, the story. I love, I love good origin stories. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, we met definitely on a unique basis. What I what I like is that we... Um, and not, not to speak on anything that... Any, from anybody else I met online, mm. but I like the fact that we kind of met offline. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying uh, from a more personal standpoint, but go ahead, please explain. Well, to me, like the or- as far as the origin story goes, we yeah. have a very amazing person in common. Yes, who kind of do. put us together. Yes, and that is that's the great Julia Massey. Massey. Yes, we both yes. know and love. Yes, definitely uh, incredible artist, hugely talented artist, and um, just just fantastic human being. Definitely, right? I, I definitely I want to get her um, here to do to do one of these episodes. With oh because, yeah, because um, our introduction was very. Very cool. Like, I think a lot of people have the same type of feel when they meet her. Like, you almost feel like, hmm. this chick is lying. Yeah. <laughs> She's not that nice. She's not that nice. Nobody's this nice. Yeah. Because we're all broken inside. I yeah. think. Um, yeah. And then I go, I feel like with Julia, and she's probably going to listen to this and feel awkward about it. But I feel like as as Julia's friend, you go, I went through two revelations with Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh, first revelation with Julia was like, okay, she couldn't possibly be this nice. And then finding out she actually is that nice. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes because of my, I guess my past, oh, and I with dealing with certain nice people, you think some people are, are naive. Mm-hmm. And maybe like, you know, just kind of things fly over their head. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's another thing I got with it. She's not naive. No. Like we sat down and had real conversation about real shit. That was very, you know, heavy. Oh yeah, in a lot of ways. And she's smart. She knows. She knows her surroundings. She knows what she's doing. You know what I'm saying? And I, I that was another revelation I had. And um, not that I assumed that she was, but you know that she wasn't heavy. Right. It's just I didn't expect to have that conversation with her. Right. You well, know what I'm saying? I yeah. had I I had a yeah. We've had lots of great deep conversations. Yeah. And we've talked about like the kind of notion of of being nice. Yeah, because I I am too. I'm I'm so Julie and I were we're just kind of talking about this whole concept of being nice and mm-hmm. kind of people like oh you're so nice you're such a nice person yeah well that that doesn't happen by accident no and no. it's it's to me like I treat people I treat people with respect I'm nice to other people mm-hmm. but on the inside I hate most people yeah I hate humanity Facts. for the way that we treat yeah. each other so yeah. I go out of my way uh-huh. and so does Julia to treat people with kindness exactly and so that's when you kind of realize that about her yeah it, it's that's another revelation like you're not just nice you know you're you're trying to treat people with kindness exactly she's and genuine. that's the big difference you know yeah she's very genuine and yeah. I was like you're such a better person to me mm-hmm. I really think most people are disgusting but <laughs> but now nah, she does a great job at it. So anyway, yes, yes. So, so she okay, put us together because she's working on her her record and she yeah. wanted to feature you. Yeah, and which I was I was crazy honored by because to my knowledge, like that was the first time she worked with any hip hop artist. Yeah. on her album. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she worked with any people on other albums, but it was the first hip hop artist on her album. And I was like, holy shit, you really want to work with me? Like we're friends, but like I was like. 
I'm so used to like people Hollywood um doing this, you know? So I think um so I think that like getting to that point with her mm-hmm. as a friendship, I was like, how the hell? How the hell did I get to this point? Like, so I was so honored. And then for the subject matter, like it's a song called This Is How We're Gonna Say Goodbye. I'm a I'm a reference that Tetsu just sent me. That's off that's off I'm sorry, sidebar. Like Hayes just showed me some wild shit. But anyway, um so like uh, <laughs> so like I think um when I when she came up with the idea for the song, we were talking, like my father our father we we had a conversation, we realized both of our fathers had passed from cancer yeah. um years prior. And um and I never really like I kind of spoke about it for my solo album I win, but like, I never like went into somewhat detail like a dedication, right? In a sense, so I chose, which is a very unlikely um, collaboration. Mm-hmm. I chose that collaboration to be personal about it, and because uh, I, I wanted to do a, I wanted to do right by her and kind of right by my dad. At the same time, and um, I love what I love about her music is that her music sounds happy mm-hmm. when you listen to the lyrics. It's dark and it's a little sad. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. I love that. Like uh, she kind of coaches you through it, yeah. coaches you through pain. And I remember she sent me to the studio, like yo, you know, go check out. And that's where we met. Yeah, she wasn't even yeah. there. She no, she wasn't there. She was kind of sad, but she couldn't make it. So, uh, so you came and we just met and then yeah, did the just track. found it. Like yeah. you talked about, it. you just had such like a chill demeanor and it seemed very like you could have made that situation very awkward because it's such a big studio and it was honestly I was a little taken aback because mm. remember I'm I'm a, I come from like the hip hop era so I'm used to like rusty mics you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. you get a booth and that's it yeah don't look at the engineer you know what I'm saying like and you were just so helpful and I was like what the fuck am I you know and I thought that was cool that we had a lot of common, of course, us being both fathers and, and things like that and just discussing music from that end. I thought it was great and I felt at home there, man. Yeah. So uh, so thank you for creating that atmosphere. Oh, because absolutely. Because it was so, it was one of the easiest recording experiences that I've ever had. Well, you're very easy yeah. to work with. I, I, I tried, mean, man. I tried. And, and, you know, I think Julia had a plan. She knew that we would get along. <laughs> I think you know? so. I think so. She she's was, like, these two people are a slam dunk Julia's together cool in the same yeah. room. And, and, and she's a good judge of character. Like, yeah. um, uh, her husband, Jared, also a dope, dope person. The um, whole family. Exactly. The whole family is just, just this musical group, man. Um, Don, Don is dope. Don, Dominic. Dominic is dope as shit. Like, oh my God, it's such a dope drummer. Like I love, I love his drumming skills. So he does this thing. There's a and, lot of talent um, in that. Yeah, family. it's a lot of talent in that family, and I'm always inspired by them. I like watching them work and then getting to the work. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like they inspired me to do it and be like, all right, I can do it. So I was so grateful to be um, featured on her show, and I think that song catapulted my group to actually do work in the city. Mm. So we perform to this day, not just all, but that was the that was the starting point. So you know, publicly, I like to thank you, Julia. Because without you, we wouldn't have started that. Gentleman Elijah wouldn't be what, exactly what we are, mm. you know. Um, and and Jared too, like Electric No No, giving us giving us um, supported props. We performed at South by Southwest with them, man. So all that come from that little session with you, man. So I appreciate that, brother. You know. Um, so let's get back to the uh, the upbringing. Oh, upbringing. Let's get back. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about the the um, the music scene in, in Seattle. Like, what do you think about, like, as far as the changes? You've been, obviously, you've been here 
yeah. for a while. So you've seen the, the evolution and the change of the city. What do you, how do you feel about, like, let's say, I, they always say the golden era was the 90s, mm-hmm. right? Versus now. Like, how do you feel? Do you feel it's like an improved, regressed, anything like that? You know, I, I feel like personally, mm-hmm. I'm kind of, uh, whether it was like being a recording engineer or in a band, I've always felt like, an outsider to the scene or like the outsider looking in. And so for me, it's better than it ever was. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm recording every day working with artists that I genuinely like. Getting this money. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, so here I am, I'm kind of like part of a community. Yeah. Uh, and it took years and years and years to kind of build that. But back in the 90s, when all this stuff was exploding, all this attention was happening on Seattle, Mm -hmm. like I was just, you know, a low man on the on the pole trying to get some attention. And it was extremely difficult. Yeah. So as far as I don't know, there's always good music out there. Yeah. You know, definitely. I think there's there's something for everybody. What I love is collaboration. Yeah. I love the fact that you're starting to get more people blending yeah. Their cultures and styles and bringing everything together as like this cornucopia of creation. Yeah. You know, I, um, so I'm happy to know that like, like I was telling somebody who was visiting that you can find any type of music any day of the week. And I want to keep that that momentum going. Yeah. You know, I want to I love being a part of the Seattle music scene. I definitely like building. To, I want to build up Tacomas. Yeah. But I love being a part of Seattle's music scene because yeah. it's. It's fun and it's a good thing to do, man. Um, you know what I will yeah. say about twenty years ago, like yeah. compared to now, like the way it feels. I, I think back then, like you had to be more intentional as like a music fan to mm-hmm. find things. I mean, nowadays, like because of the internet uh, uh, and streaming audio, it's yeah. almost too easy to to gain access to music. It is, and it so is. in in a way, I think like things are kind of like watered down, or there's just so much out there. That I think um, that is a a really different feeling from yeah. like back in the back in the nineties when there was just there's just not as many options or one of the things that I notice I often talk about from my travels the music the local music scene and the difference I still think um, New Orleans is one of my favorites because literally you can get anybody from any genre and there's such a big focus on live music. Mm. Chicago, while very talented, some of the most talented musicians I've ever heard, like local musicians of all time, have been out of Chicago. However, their drawback is that they also hate each other. Like mm. so and they're they're very crabs in a barrel. I don't fuck with this band versus I don't fuck with this group. Mm. You know, and I I've never seen so much division in one area before, you know? Um, Dallas, Dallas was very, when I lived in Dallas, cause obviously I moved around, um, Dallas was, was on some, like everybody was hustlers and trying to get it. So I didn't really, I didn't really deal with much of the rock artists out there in Dallas as mainly I was in like, quote unquote, I was in the trap. So I was in like these, these up and coming hustling hip hop artists. But it was still like a good, it's friendly competition, mm-hmm. but everybody was kind of playing somewhat in the D-Leads, no pun intended, in Dallas, you know? So out here, it's a different vibe where rock is, um, rock and alternative is king still. And, but but it's friendlier. I, I But I still think everybody's kind of, I still think there are part, parts in different crowds who are too afraid to really speak to each other. Hmm. Like they and they're open, 
I was like, there's no difference between this person and this person. You just have to ask. Right. You know? But I think that more people, like, they're so used to doing their own thing, and I think they want to collaborate with other people. I've seen some very amazing acts out here, and I'm not afraid to talk to them. Right. You know? Um, But I like the fact that it's changing. It's evolving a bit. Mm. You know, um, I, I started to see, like, they're, like... Um, there's Park Ave, which is a great networking event. And also, um, there is um, Noise Complaints, which is another group of where they gather a bunch of musicians. You got it? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, so there's um, there's where you get a bunch of musicians and get everything together, you know? Um, and I like I like that type of collaboration. Let me catch up with you. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, so it'll be... Um, so I like that type of like camaraderie. Let know? me ask you a question. Yeah. You know how they talk about the the Seattle freeze? Yes. Do you think how do you think that that plays out in music? Do you feel that at all in, um, in the I, music scene? I've always said that the people always match the weather. Huh. I always said no matter where I move, the people match the weather. So like and, uh, and that's part of that's been like the hardest reason to like get adjusted to the city. I love living here. Don't get me wrong. I mm-hmm. do. But, like, I'm so used to people being very straightforward. Like, uh, in New Orleans, it's hot. Yeah. It's hot. We don't have time to, you know, play around with you. You know what I'm saying? Very much. I'm going to just tell you how it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, Chicago is harsh. So they're harsh with you. Yeah. The weather's harsh. The sun, when the sun is shining, it's shining. When it's storming, it is storming in Chicago. You know? So it's very harsh. In Texas, I mean, Texas is very, it's the same thing as the south. You know, south, southern-wise. But out here, it's very even-killed. Like, if you notice, it doesn't rain too hard yep. every now and then. But nah, it doesn't rain too hard. It doesn't do... Nothing is overdone. You know, it's very passive-aggressive, like the people. Yeah. I feel like the people are <laughs> passive-aggressive here. And sometimes the music, could, the music could reflect that. But this is also the reason why people come from out of town and make a splash. Mm. Because they... Ins- and they inspire others to do better music, too. Like, um... I've seen some bands like there. There are some good bands out here that are not from here, but they came out here and uh, they're like they're killing it now. Yeah. And I think you know when you have a good band in the culture, it makes other bands better because they're watching that and they're like, oh shit, I got to go back to the drawing board. You know, so that's how you get like a melting pot of sound. I always bristle a little yeah. bit when people talk about the Seattle freeze, you know, because yeah. I, I grew up here. I don't feel like. That I'm that way, but then like, oh, actually, I probably am. You know, <laughs> I, I th- you know, I, I like my privacy, and I, you know, I'm yeah. Not- there's a lot of introverts out here, and yeah. I'm me being an, a southern extrovert, right? I'm definitely different. Yeah. I've definitely rubbed people the wrong way in group settings. Not like he's an asshole. It's just more so like, all right, man, you you de- you definitely meant what you said, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I'm I'm a person who I have always spoke my mind, man. Yeah. And for better or for worse, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> for better or for worse, it's just been one thing. Well, I just sometimes wonder how that kind of plays out in music, you know, like with like kind of like the culture of like yeah. the Pacific Northwest and then like. I think it does, but it's what makes, it's what, I miss unique atmosphere music. Yeah. Like I miss like when you heard something from Cali, you knew it was from Cali. Mm. You heard something from Seattle, you knew it was from Seattle. I like that. I think that's what makes this country great. I, think, I don't like everything sounding the same. Because it gets watered down, you know? You know, yeah. our bands are playing together on June 23rd. Yes, I know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Earfest. I did that on purpose. That's right. <laughs> that is Earfest. Shameless plug. Yes. I am excited about this. Because, um, first of all, it's going to be a fun experience. 
I never played at um at the no no substation. Substation. It's gonna be substation. I've always like I practiced there because they have a great practice facility. Right. But uh, it's in Fremont, right? Like yeah, kind of in area. between Fremont and Ballard. Yeah. yeah. In the kind of no man's land. Definitely looking forward to it, man. It's it's gonna be great. I was talking to the group about it, and they're super excited. I think what like it's we're gonna be. It's eight the, bands. Yeah. Eight well, dope I, so bands. I used it used to be called Earfest. I've rebranded it. It's called Earwig Fest just because it's more clear and yeah, kind of easy. Uh, you know, I used to be yeah. like Earfest, you know, presented by Earwig Studios. Too confusing. Yeah. But it was basically a showcase of bands I have recorded, like from the previous year. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Usually it was between like ten to twelve bands yeah. and uh, an all day kind of thing. Well, when I moved the studio to Wallingford, I just had too much on my plate, and I mm-hmm. stopped doing it for a couple years. So then I was talking to Tim at Substation, and he kind of yeah. talked me into kind of. Kind of rebooting the whole thing. Shout out to Tim. I've I've only met him on Facebook. Tibasa. Yes. Tibasa. Yep. I've I've only met him on Facebook. I haven't met him in person. I'm looking forward to actually meeting him in person. I often hear like this thing. I hear a lot of good things about people. Like I've um, I remember um, I I heard so much about um the the lady who owns uh Gates for you, Ramona Grote. I think her name is who Ramona um Gro- She she owns the thing called Gates for you. And she does like takes a bunch of um, artists and places them in different gates around the city, like throughout the airport, oh, some wow. shows oh, and things yes. like that. Yeah, so cool. And she was such a sweetheart. Like she was really nice when I met her. She probably don't remember me at all, but it was like a networking event, and it was really cool. Well, Tim, um, Tim's yeah. another. You know, he's yeah. he's a great guy, super supportive of the yeah. music community, uh, community, and it's funny. So he's helping me to kind of reboot this earwig fest. Yeah. And uh, and it kind of awesome. coincides with my my old like I'm starting to play music again like I yeah. haven't been in a band for years and years and so mm. my old band from the '90s Suitcase is now kind of making a new record which is awesome and so I was kind of laughing because okay so I don't love a lot of attention on myself yeah but and I would do this thing every year showcasing bands I've recorded it was like you know yay me kind of thing yeah and so now that I'm in a band like my own band is playing. My own festival. <laughs> it's like how so meta. How, yeah, yeah. It was, it's about as narcissistic as you can get. Nah, man, but it's but, good. It's, I think it's important to celebrate yourself and your accomplishments. Man. Well, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly, man. Do that, man. Like you got to pat yourself on the back. You're doing a good job, man. All right, so I want to move on to like um, some personal fun shit. Um, one of the things I like to do, ask my friends in general. Mm. Um, is ran some random questions about like I guess music. One of my favorite questions to ask any any friend, uh, which you if you're a listener, um, if you listen to this, you'll probably hear me ask this question to almost everybody. But um, let's say that there's a movie about your life, right? And you and you're a movie guy. Yep. You and I are both movie people. Yep. Um, and you get to pick the song that plays during the trailer, and the song that plays during the closing credits of your biopic. What two songs are they and why? Oh God! I know it's 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 crazy. These things kill me. You know, yeah. I you know the 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 things on Facebook like list your ten most influential albums and yes, and, uh, you you've done I've it. done that, once. and you're good yeah. at it's, it. It's hard. But as I shit. I avoid that stuff like the plague. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't. Well, know. first of all, I think you have a lot more eyes on you. Like, well. I don't know if that is true, yeah, but yeah. I, I think that in in general, like I'm just really terrible at these kinds of like choose your top. Oh God! I, no, it doesn't have to be your favorite. So trailer and and closing credits. Trailer and closing credits. Oh, trailer for the movie about my life. Trailer for the movie about your life. 
Uh, let's is, see. This could be well, very interesting. Um, very sad. Uh, let me think about the... Uh, Chris, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, man. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I'm man. terrible at these things. I know. I feel like I got to bug you about uh, it a bit. I mean, I could just pick songs that I love a lot that have meant a lot to me. Mm. Mm. How about... Um, well, I don't know if this... See, I would just pick a great song. Just do it. I could pick a great song like here... The first song that popped in my head was "Here Comes the Sun." Okay, yeah. Beatles song. It's That's a, a it's a safe song. choice. But one of the things like, that song. that song specifically saved me from like a really a lot of like dark moments in my life. You know, so like yeah. if you if you turn on that song for me, you yeah. can't help but feel better. Okay, and so like gotcha. it's like in moments of just like hitting the bottom emotionally or whatever mm-hmm. that has uh, uh, uh Saved me a lot, and I guess like if I had to pick something for closing credits, that's really good. If I had to pick something like um, like a band or an artist that uh-huh. has that means a lot to me, it would be Mark Linkus from Sparkle Horse. Okay, hands down my favorite like recordings and songwriting, really? and just like for me personally, just like everything I love about recording, yeah, and music in general is all kind of. In Sparkle Horse's music, all right, that's it's dope. beautiful. It's ugly. It's yeah. lo-fi. It's hi-fi. It's it's everything. So I, you know, I, I, there's you know a song funny? that he yeah. that he wrote called "It's a It's a Sad and Beautiful World." Uh huh. So that might be the closing credits. Oh, that that might be good. Yeah. You start with a "Here Comes the Sun" and then yep. end with a big bummer. Absolutely. Hey, sometimes that is adulting. Oh man! All right, so Whew, I did it. That was good. Thank you. Thank you so much for you're a trooper, man. You're a trooper. Um, I'm I'm somewhat like that myself. I start off with. I wouldn't say high note, but like I, I'll, I'll tell everybody later. But like, yeah, I just I start off high note and it ends a little somber sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think such is life. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So another thing that you and I have in common is that we are both huge horror movie fans. Oh, yeah. Ho- huge horror movie fans. And I hate to do this to you again. But right now, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. This I could probably do. It. I, I mean, oh, yeah. I, this is a like, little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, this is easier. I want to know your top five horror films. Top like, five? five. Let's go through five. Not even top five. Just go through five horror films that are in your mind right now doing this recording. Yeah, I, I, we'll I, I definitely say it. like the. I could talk about the uh, five that kind of pop in my brain. Not necessarily yeah. like my top five of all time. Yeah, just but, five in your but, head. But okay. And I could go on and on. Oh no! Now, we now, discuss, now we're in the we comfort discuss, zone. Yeah, we can so, discuss this. Number one, number one, Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. And Evil Dead Two would probably be in the top five as well. Interesting. But Evil Dead because I saw that movie when I was way too young. Okay. And it scarred me for life. And it gave me that nightmares. How the best goes like oh, when yeah, you I, see movies entirely before yeah. you're supposed to. Yeah. And man, it blows your mind. Yeah, I still Something love that it. movie. I watch that movie yeah. regularly. Really? And and I love it's just raw yeah. creativity. Sam Raimi, man. Sam Raimi. And Sam so Raimi, like Evil yeah. Dead's is definitely in there. And like as far as like recently, I mean there's been so much great horror film. I think horror movies have gotten better over time. It's it's so encouraging think, yeah. to see cuz there's a lot of really terrible crap. Absolutely. But, but we, if you look at like in the last 5 years the movies like Get Out uh-huh. It follows. Yes. Baba Duke. You know what? what I've never what seen Baba Duke yet. Oh, it's great. It is. I'm it's gonna. I'm shelf. gonna have to go watch it. I'm serious. It's like, on Netflix. I, I see it on, Netflix, on Netflix all the time, and I just pass it up because for Baba some reason. Duke. I'm gonna. All right. I'm gonna go check it out. Shit. You know, I it's really to funny to bring it back to Julie Massey again one more time, yeah. real quick. Yeah. Is that uh, uh, 
I found out that she's kind of a closet horror fan. Really? But she'll watch movies and fast forward. Yeah. And, and, and like sometimes I'll send her like a trailer to a scary movie and uh-huh. even that like, oh, I don't know. It's too scary. That's fun. Like I remember I was watching, uh, I was watching a video. I think it was a, um, electric no, no video that we're all slave to the lizard King. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. That video is kind of creepy. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of creepy. I was like, Job well done, gentlemen. So what do I do? That, that was like uh, a few Evil Dead, but yeah. you gotta. You've ever seen the thing? You've seen the thing. Yeah. Well, the, there's been a couple. Few, I know, like but three, I like old school the thing. The eighties, like eighties, eighties. Yeah, because there's Absolutely. one before that in the fifties, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds about right. But the one with Kurt Russell. Yes. That movie. First of all, Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell kicks ass in the eighties, man. That was he was. His his yeah, shit was on Smash. Big Trouble in Little China. China all the got things. Escape from New York. Yep. Uh, the was, thing, all John Com- Carpenter movies. Yeah. But yeah. so, like, the thing for me is, like, the pinnacle of practical effects. Okay. Of, like, like like the robotic, like, there's, like, the, the guy's head that rips off that turns into a spider and crawls away. Yeah. There's, like, uh, the thing just had it all in terms of, like, crazy effects. That's awesome. None of it digital. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, what about you? For me? Oh, hold up. We're not finished. Oh, what oh. we got? What we got? Like we have Evil Dead, Evil Dead, the Thing. thing. Oh, there's so many like oh, recent Dead, ones that are you, great. You counted Babadook? No, I, I don't know if I would count Babadook in my top um, five. Yeah, I would say, um, oh man. Well, I, honestly, like Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, both of those movies yeah. just yes. blow my mind. Definitely, yeah. And yeah. I love the fact that like it was a, such a successful sequel as far as like storyline and getting more. Scary and in your face. The Shining. The Shining. I saw that one, even like the edited yeah. for TV version when I was a kid, and it just like it the scared Shining, me so bad. I loved it, but if it, it, it was another movie that fucked me up. Yeah, I still can't get Scat Crothers like stare out of my face. Oh my god! When, when he's he in Florida, like, yeah, and he's like communicating with the kid, and his eyes get real big. Yeah, like he saw something. Part of me, like that's just great acting. Oh yeah, that's great acting. Like I was like, what the fuck did you see oh, that I didn't see? Yeah. What the fuck are His you watching? His eyes get wider and yeah. wider. And it was just, it was terrifying to me, man. Oh, yeah. It was terrifying. For me, I thought that was one of the most terrifying moments. Um, other than that, another thing that still sticks with me with The with the Shining is, because Stephen King is one of my favorites, mm. authors in general. But like that that last picture where Jack's in the, um, he's in the picture from the 1920s or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was like, what? What the fuck is going on? Like, did they capture his soul and now he's there? Or was he always there? Right. Like, I love movies that end in a way that cause the conversation. Well, they, they added just a little bit of, like, kind of time paradox. Yeah. You know, like, and you're kind of confused about what yeah. what and when. Was the was the hotel haunted? Yeah. Well, Every, absolutely. Absolutely. Was, yeah. it, was it possessed? Was this something that happens often? You know what I'm saying? Like, what role did everyone play in it, including the kid? Yeah, you know, I thought it was. I thought that was excellent. Um, well, you know, like yeah. as I'm, as we're talking, like I'm realizing that, like, I mean, a lot of my favorites are just like uh, are, are things that I watched when I was young. Yeah, you know, in your formative years, because of the impression they leave on you. Because there's there's great horror films happening right now, mm-hmm. but they don't affect me the same way. No, they don't. But I, what I, what I could do is I can respect a good story. Oh yeah, I can respect something that's clever enough to get me. Like I'm like ah. You almost got me. Because, yeah. you know, adulthood has like kind of like, we realize real horror yeah. when we get older. And it's different, you know, like student loans. Yeah. And um, so, 
But like, you know, when we're young, it was the boogeyman. Yeah. You know, these these things were existent, you know? Um, one of the things that I thought one of the one of my favorite horror films, I would say, would be um A Nightmare on M Street. Oh yeah. I think A Nightmare on M Street because of the concept. Not not so much part one definitely. Yeah. Because I think part one was was phenomenal. And it was such a um eye opening thing, no pun intended. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. It was an eye opening experience because you didn't Well, who did that? That was Wes Craven. That was right? Wes Craven, yeah. yeah. The the famous the late great Wes Craven. And you know, he took it from it was it was pulled from reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was pulled from like these Taiwanese immigrants um came to America and I didn't would, know this. Yeah. And they, they they would have these nightmares. Mm. And like the parents was like they the parents brushed it up. They were not related. It were just teenagers who would have these nightmares and the parents brush it off like, oh, we're in America now. You're in a better space. Yeah, yeah. whatever you went through before, it doesn't matter anymore. They brush it off as, hey, kids are just having nightmares. And like slowly they would die in their sleep mm. because they were terrified. And uh, Wes Craven read that article and came up with that idea. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. It's a terrible origin. Yeah. But wasn't it brilliant? I like the, I think it's oh jeez I I remember when I watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and there was this kid in in our high school that was way into horror films and mm-hmm. and he used to have a uh, he used to he'd have parties that he'd call them kill tag parties interesting and he would dress up as Freddy Krueger yeah and it was on the bluffs it was like on the Gold Beach bluffs on Vashon Island it was a bunch of Scotch broom and it was kind of the most deserty part of the island yeah. And you would just be hiding in the fucking dark in like bushes, and he would chase you around with like knife claws, and like he was over the top. That's why I don't fuck with little white kids, man. He was over the top <laughs> yeah. in this movie. I, was like, I went to one of those like, yeah, that's that's enough. <laughs> yes, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, I just I like that one, man. Um, I love the classics, man. I'm a big like The Shining is another big one for me. Um, Exorcist Exorcist Yes yeah. yeah. Exorcist was, was great um, You know what movie Fucked me up with? Only because Of my upbringing And who I am And where I'm from Candyman uh, You know I've never seen it Candyman is Incredible for me Because As a as Where representation matters mm-hmm. As they say And it had that representation um, I think even when I was young, I rest comfort in some of the things that were happening to people mm. because I thought that was far from where I was. It was in suburbia. Oh, yeah. It was little white kids. <laughs> yeah. None of that shit happens to me. Like, it's scary, but har, har, har scary. Like, you knew yeah. it was Hollywood. Yeah. And, like, Candyman came out, and it was, like, such a betrayal. Like, you coming for the home, dog? Like, you coming to the hood? <laughs> Come on, man. And, like, I was like, you know how you know you were really scared when you see it and you'd be like, you know, I mean, that was all right. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say his name, but you know, I could. Yeah. But I'm not. Because <laughs> it's just a movie. Fuck it. I'm not. I'm just, I'm going to leave this light on. Right. That's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but he was so, he was so sinister. Uh. And his origin story was such a, um, like a play on America's racism. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He was killed by a slave master for being in love with his white wife. I mean, we love. I don't know the story. Yeah, I gotta watch this. You gotta watch it, man. It's great. And like, actually, the sequel's a little trash, but the sequel's backstory goes into it. Horror film sequels, yeah, are usually usually yeah usually pretty horrible. Here's the thing: I gave it a shot because the the sequel was filmed in New Orleans, Mm. 
And I, of course, me being a homebody, I, I'm, I'm like that. So I'll uh, check it out. Hometown hero, but yeah, I recommend it. Like Candyman was great. The the one of the things that that tripped me out about the um about it was the soundtrack, which is still haunting to this day. Of which one? The um, Candyman. Oh yeah. Candyman's music was is haunting to this day. Like it had the organs, and then they had the creepy piano, and it sound was, is everything in these sound movies. Sound is everything, man, and. Oh my God! Sound and music till this day still fucks with me. Well, that's why I mean, I mean, he doesn't like necessarily make horror films, but that's one of the reasons why I like David Lynch so much is that mm. he just understands so deeply the connection between like sound and image, you know, yes. like, and and he makes really freaky stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about found footage films, found footage horror films? Um, you know, like what? Blair Witch, Blair Witch, Paranormal. I, was, I remember. Um, I like I like Paranormal. I feel like Paranormal Activity. Was um, it scared the shit out of me. It scared the shit out of me, and it was like I feel like Blair Witch started something, and at the time, I was like, okay, Blair Witch is okay, yeah, but I see what they were trying to do, yes, and I was waiting for somebody to improve on that, and and here comes years later, here comes um, Paranormal Activity, which I've watched multiple. Paranormal Activities, and it's still it's fucking good. The first one is brilliant, brilliant, yeah. Uh, both both different endings. Yeah. So like it, uh, oh, I, it was I was I was crazy. impressed by how they were able to take something that had been like. But by the time it came out, like found footage movies. Yep, we get it. Yeah. But they kind of did a great job with it. They did a great job. And I, I had to watch like, that movie at work with the lights on. Oh yeah, yeah it got to it me. was creepy. It got it to was me. creepy. It was one of them things where I'm like, uh oh, you know another movie that fucked me up. I'm sorry, um, Poltergeist two, Poltergeist two. Poltergeist 2. I don't know if I ever saw the second one. I saw first one for sure. Oh, first one, but Poltergeist 2 is scary as shit. Is that the one in the office building? No, that's, that's three. That's three. That's when everything Poltergeist had gone to shit. Oh, Poltergeist 2 was um oh man. First of all, they had the guy, one of the main like villains, the demon. He was actually dying of cancer during the time that he filmed it. So some oh, of that shit. stuff was not makeup. Mm. He was literally dying. Huh. And he looks like he looks like he was dying. And that creeped everything out. Like half the half the staff died. Like it was they used real human bodies, um, and bones and shit like that. Uh, it was a lot of things. They all they call it like the 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 curse. That was the cursed, um, the cursed curse movie, mm-hmm. right? But it was like it's definitely interesting enough to watch, and it's scary, and it still holds up. And I'm it excited to have a couple. To put on my list. Yes, man. There's it's, so much I haven't seen. So, good, so man. Candyman, Poltergeist 2. Candyman and Poltergeist 2. Those movies, like, like my wife refused to watch um, Poltergeist 2, or, 2 with me. We should start a new yeah. podcast where yeah. we just talk about horror films. Oh, man, I can talk about horror films all day. You know yeah. this. This is great. All it's, right, it's, this is the best form of escapism to me. It's like to see it a is. horror film in the theater yeah. with a crowd where you get the crowd excitement. Yes. That is my favorite it's thing everything. to do is like because... It's like kind of a safe way to feel scared. It is. You know, it is. You get the I, adrenaline. And... I am. Um. I like. But I like how clever and how good horror movies are getting. Like, mm-hmm. let's say you have, you know, a Quiet Place, which I recently saw. Mm-hmm. Um, a Quiet Place was. You saw a Quiet Place. Yeah, man, I incredible, loved it. right? I love I, lo- I love the idea of kind of like quiet movies. Yeah. You know, um, I thought well, that... It was, and it, for me, it was like such an audio geek thing, too. Yes. It was like the, you know, the creatures. I don't want to spoil it. No, 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 no. But you know what? I mean, first of all, oh, my, my general rule, sometimes if you've been listening for a while and you don't want to spoil, fuck you. Um, I'm not going to spoil <laughs> like everything, but I'm going to give a little bit. Um, I think 
the scariest part of that movie, and the and dare I say one of the one of the uh, slept on villains is the nail. Oh my god! Oh my god! Didn't it make you feel uneasy? Because and, and, and they show you. Yeah, they all, they always do that in horror films, mm. but where they show you something and that comes back, they do the foreshadowing yeah. thing. Well, everything but what goes up nail, must come down. They, yeah. It kept kept coming back, you know. It was yeah. Like, oh, the fucking and nail, the nail, man. the nail made you feel uncomfortable. Oh yeah, like you were like, cause you were like, do something with that fucking nail. And, and what's her name, Emily Blunt? Yeah, Emily her Blunt. Her reaction oh. to the nail too was like excruciating. Oh, oh yes, oh, it was painful. Her step on that. It was fucking painful. Yeah. Oh man, that she's is, great. That was brilliant. Yeah. That was a brilliant movie. Oh, man, that was so good. You know a movie that isn't like technically like a horror film, but like I thought like had great execution was The Sixth Sense. Absolutely. You Sixth know, Sense was. It's not straight up horror. No, but it, it was like a thriller. It put kinda, him on the map. Yeah. It, it put him on the map and for good reason. He, like, you know, he did some clever jump scares. He had like yeah. the plot twist. Like, you know. But essentially, like, no, like, no one really dies in that movie. Like, they're already dead. And I guess Split is more closer to horror than... Um, I think Split is, but Split is... First of all, I love what he did with Split and Unbreakable mm-hmm. and everything. I think, the tie-in? Yeah. The yeah. Tie, not only the tie-in, but the stories. Yep. I love Split because Split, to me, you never you never seen an origin story for a villain. Mm-hmm. And and something pulled off so wonderfully. Yeah. And you under... you. It, you 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 he humanized him. Well, he did that in Unbreakable too. Yeah, uh, with Mister Glass. With Mister Glass, it was almost like equal parts origin story for both sides. Like yeah. he had this kind of yin and yang approach to it. Mm-hmm. And, and like I, I mean, I've been so disappointed by Shyamalan. Me too. But a lot, a lot he's of got some. Is terrible. It's because like his high moments are so good mm-hmm. that when you experience this, the lows, you're just like, like oh, holy God. shit, this is terrible. Yeah. I feel like so let down. Yikes. <laughs> I, and that's. I'm looking forward to seeing Glass though. Oh yeah, the next one. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Glass. It was such a clever, clever look. But um, with back to Sixth Sense, I think I was you know back in the day I wasn't expecting it, but it was when it ended. I was like, how did I how did I miss that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like how did I miss that? And it, it, it I was so caught off guard. It created yeah. it, it created that rewatchability for me because I'm a person I don't like being food so yeah. i would go over it over again yeah until i catch it yeah and i'm like ah man and it, it, it makes the movie better for me oh yeah because it's like oh he, he knew this coming in all the foreshadowing he laid a trail yeah he laid uh, a trail and I, uh, I thought that was um i thought that was brilliant of him yeah brilliant he'll, man. you know even no matter what he does he'll always have that yep he always <laughs> have that he always have that and honestly i liked unbreakable i like i really I liked too. unbreakable i like glass um even though when he kind of co-directed devil um, where they or like the elevator, the elevator thing? yeah. The elevator I haven't seen thing. it yet. It's decent. It's yeah. decent. It's not. It's not great. Right. But it's comparable. Yeah. Like I'm like, all right, this is good. It's a great twilight. Not a twilight. It's a great um tales from the dark side episode. I'm starting to have flashbacks now to yeah. like all these like. Do you ever watch movies like I was never into being like like torture porn. It's yeah. Not like, uh, not really my thing. But uh, did you ever watch movies from the '80s like Reanimator? I have I have seen that once. Real out I've seen there. Seen once, but it was out there. Real at the out time. there. I don't stuff. think I finished it because of that. Yeah, it's, like it was it, just out there. I remember like Hellraiser. Yeah, and all those joints. Like I was like, oh, gee, like Phantasm. Phantasm, I love. Yeah, Phantasm, because I want the ball. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that old guy was fucking. Creepy. I saw the pre. See, Phantasm is another movie like Evil Dead that uh-huh. haunted my dreams. Yeah. Because of that ball. Yeah. See, I was uh, my mom dragged us to Japan when I was like five years old, mm-hmm. and I I can't remember the context, but I think it was on TV. There was a trailer, and mm. they showed the ball like hitting the dude in the head. Oh shit! And uh, they cut like they didn't show like blood yeah, spurting. But, you know, it's the, but it's, you you see him get hit by this thing. Yeah. And like none of it made sense. The trailer was like completely confusing. But yeah. Phantasm, all those like, you know, early eighties. I mean, that's kind of why like Stranger Things is so appealing. It's like it yeah, really taps Stranger into the Things, like so like like the synthesizer, mm-hmm. that cool stuff. Oh, and yeah. the soundtrack is dope. Oh yeah, the soundtrack is dope, man. Oh man, such great, such great stuff, man. All right, so as a um, so before you know, we're about to cut out shortly, but beforehand. Um, I wanted to ask, like, is there any advice, um, studio owner to studio owner now, um, that you would give to me, but not only just me, but like listeners about starting your own studio, like, or just how you run in a business now, like, yeah. you know, um, from a personal or professional standpoint? Uh, the, the first thing that popped in my head was that, you know, in retrospect, because, mm-hmm. you know, Earwig has been now open you know, in the fall, it would be eight years. Okay. And in that time, I think I think there's. You kind of have to just survive yeah. for a certain period of time, mm-hmm. for things to start taking hold. Okay. You know, I, I think like the you kind of have to be. You know, everyone can say it. it's easy to say, "Oh, be persistent," but I think just just trying to keep the ship afloat mm-hmm. for that first few years was okay. the hardest thing. You know, like where if you can just if you can just keep continuing to do your best work mm-hmm. as as good work as possible and just stick around, yeah, things will come to you. Like people, you know, I I think almost all of my business is word of mouth. Yeah, and I've just put all of myself into every project, try to treat people right mm-hmm. so that they tell their friends. You know, yeah. and so that has paid off, but it, it didn't really pay off. For like a number of years. Okay. It take it was it was such a hustle at first. Yeah. Such a hustle. Interesting. So I have I have a lot of empathy for people who are starting things up. I think it takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's never a lot of money in music really. You know, no, it's it's no. a it's a labor of love. It is. And it's a and if you can just if you can dive in and then just stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. So I don't know if that's good advice. No, no, man. But I, like looking back, I think like really those first few years, it was yeah. just about keeping my head above water, mm-hmm. and then things started to kind of loosen up. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's the best advice I could get. Right? Yeah. I think that's perfect. And if I if I sat here for long enough, and we're gonna talk again, yeah, definitely. Because this is the first time I'm seeing this place, yeah, and I have all these ideas to share with you. But absolutely, that's it's nice. it's um. Yeah, so we'll talk about specifics. Oh, definitely. We'll talk about specifics. We'll talk about specifics, man. It's all good. Yeah, it's yeah. all good, man. Um, man, I'm keeping you up late because right now, yeah. like, what time is it? It's oh, it's 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 a little late, but it's fine. It's a little what, what about eleven thirty? Yeah, this is this is right when my brain is like kind yeah. of at peak creative capacity. Yeah, nah, I am good. I am good <laughs> money. Get... I am because like this is this is my time too. We're both we're both night owls. Yep, we're both night owls. So yeah, man. Uh, Thank you so much for dropping by, man. I know you drove all the way out here, and I appreciate I appreciate that so much, dude. Like, I'm glad we could finally. There's a lot. It was good to finally catch up with you and and just talk with you because we haven't really had a chance to chop it up, yeah. um, in a long time. So this was good. Um, to everybody listening, 
thank you for sitting through our first episode of Chris Talks. Uh, sometimes I talk to my damn friends. Sometimes I talk to damn artists. Uh, sometimes I talk to like all types of fucking people. But um, <laughs> as long as I'm talking, man. So, you know, thank you all for listening. Be sure to check up on me and, um, and I'll get back to you. So live from On Purpose Studios, remember to be good to people. Peace.